We were looking at the heat map report for the website of North Central University, a nonprofit online university headquartered in Arizona. Reading a heat map report is like looking at a weather radar, but instead of blobs of green, red, and yellow showing us where rain is falling, a heat map report shows us where visitors are clicking on a web page. And it was raining clicks in an unexpected spot on the NCU website. Specifically, visitors were clicking on one of the fields in the middle of a form, and only on that field, not the name field, not the email field. And the majority of them weren't completing the form. So why were these visitors so interested in this one field? It was an important question, as this form was the primary invitation to get more information on the university. It was on almost every page, ready to start a more in-depth conversation with any visitor. The field visitors were clicking on was Program of Interest. It was a drop-down field that listed the degrees offered by NCU. It was meant as a way for prospective students to tell NCU which degree program they were interested in. But these prospective students were using it as an information source. Visitors were telling us that they had one question first. Do you offer a degree program I'm interested in? At least this was the hypothesis, so we designed a test. Welcome to Intended Consequences, a podcast from Conversion Sciences. I'm Brian Massey, and I believe that anyone is capable of using behavioral science to predict the success of their marketing campaigns. Marketing magic is real, and I'll teach you how to harness it. At the top of every page, we placed a drop-down menu that listed the university's programs, just like that on the form. We called it Programs of Interest. When a degree program was selected from this drop-down, we took the visitor to the part of the site that described that degree program. Half of NCU's visitors would see this drop-down, the other half would not. I guess they'd have to use the drop-down that was in the form. When we measured the results, the visitors who saw the drop-down in the middle of the page were 20% more likely to fill out the form completely, requesting information. This indicated that the change would increase prospective student inquiries by 20%, a very significant improvement in this key metric for the site. The current site offers a complete section now designed to help visitors find a degree program that they're interested in. This is something we would not have been able to find any other way that I can think of other than through a heat map report. It doesn't show up in analytics and no one really would have complained. This is the power of a class of reporting that we call user intelligence reports. Anyone who knows how to read rain chances from a weather radar can use this kind of report. More and more of us are doing this. These reports are surprisingly easy to generate and the tools are inexpensive. You can bring people to your website all day long. But if it's not optimized and it's not uh, user-friendly, you're going to lose all day and you're just going to end up throwing money down the drain. Leading the way in this category of tool is a company called Hotjar. On today's show, we're breaking down Hotjar with Andrew Michael. This is a tool that's focused on helping you understand your users. Now, Andrew got into marketing because he's intrigued by psychology, understanding what drives people's decision. Time is precious for overburdened marketers, and on this show, we seek to understand which tools are truly valuable and which are just giving us interesting insights. 
We install something like Hotjar on every one of our client sites when optimizing. It's that important to us. Tools like Hotjar are a part of what I call the golden age of marketing. These tools are continually evolving, getting easier to use and less expensive. These are the tools that buy us more time to be creative, to be groundbreaking, and to be successful. We start off by talking about all the things Hotjar brings to the table under one subscription. Then we talk about the outcome of leveraging tools like this. How do they actually empower marketers to serve their online prospects better? Things have changed in the marketing world drastically over the last like 15 to 20 years uh, in terms of the mediums and the way we're able to reach and target customers. So back in the day before internet or before TV, like we had magazines and we had billboards. Uh, with magazines, like you could sort of get the readership and understand how many people were, were maybe seeing your ads. Similarly with billboards, then TV maybe gave you a little bit more insights into metrics and view times and how much people were watching and viewing. Uh, then came internet advertising and really like you had became a lot smarter as a marketer because you understand where you were spending your dollars and what sort of the return was looking like from there. Uh, and all along this trajectory, you've been able to optimize your spend and uh, acquire and start attracting the right sort of customers. Uh, and then with tools like Hotjar, it really takes you the next step forward uh, and really allows you to experiment and try and understand before you go out and spend a cent, before you go out and create a campaign, like what should that campaign look like and what should you be changing and what you should be investing your time in because it, it gives you the eyes and windows to see exactly what your customers are doing and what they're experiencing on your site. So that allows you then to be able to see, okay, what can be fixed and what campaigns can be created. So uh, it's almost... Uh, it, it's another level of optimization for you as a marketer. It gives you the insights to understand what your customers want to need. Uh, and there's various ways that we encourage like our customers to use the tools in order to collect customer feedback and insights through things like polls and surveys and incoming feedback. Uh, and then it also allows you to track and monitor some of those experiments and those changes that you've made through things like heat maps and session recordings. So it really, really is a powerful all-in-one uh, solution to get a good understanding and overview of exactly what customers are doing on your site. I think somebody, one of our customers, coined it. It's like looking over your shoulder, looking over the shoulder of your customers. They're shopping on your site. So when I first get it and install the script on my site, I'm not going to notice anything. What are some of the triggers that get a marketer to um, pick up one of the tools in the, in the suite of tools that you have? I think the biggest trigger by far is probably our heat maps. Uh, it's, it's one of the most sort of well-known tools on the market now. There's a lot of competition out there and uh, it's a very visual tool. So it's something that people can understand quite easily. It takes a large amount of data sets and brings it together and visualize it in a way that you can actually see where people have been clicking on your site, where they've been scrolling. Uh, it, it basically puts like a heat layer over your site and shows you exactly what the activity and engagement was like on that page. So for a lot of people, seeing a heat map for the first time is a bit of a wow moment. And it's like what you see with Google Analytics, you can see like uh, how many visits you had and how many time they spent on your page. But then with the heat map, you're actually visualizing a lot of that data and being able to see, okay, what is the things that people are actually interested? What are they not interested? Like you spent uh, three hours writing up a landing page and people only scroll past the first 20%. Like, uh, what is going wrong on that page? What do you need to be fixing? So people come to us for the heat maps, but then once they see the session recordings and they see polls and feedback, 
I think that's where they get hooked. And then uh, from there, they just realize, okay, like there's so much power that you get out of this tool, so much understanding uh, you have of your customers. It was, sorry, I think it was Drift CEO that coined it like the person that gets closest to the customer wins. And our customers are realizing that they just need to be getting closer to their customers to win. It's, it's hard to imagine if you haven't seen one of these heat map reports. So if you know how to look at a weather radar on TV, you know pretty much how to read one of these heat maps. And one of the things that uh, we have found that's really powerful is adding those heat maps to your presentation. So when you go in to talk about the success of a campaign or why a campaign didn't work or why conversion on a, a certain funnel is not as high as you thought it was, you can actually drop these scroll maps, these heat maps, these attention maps into your presentations and anyone is going to understand what they're looking at. And I think that's really, really powerful. It makes for amazing, amazing meetings. When we have our first presentation of the findings that we have for a new client, we pull all of those things in and that meeting is fantastic because people can get it. It's an entry point and that's it's like a, it's a, the gateway drug to data, if you want to put it that way. It's like it gets people excited, people that don't normally get excited by data. It's a way for them to sort of uh, get a taste for it and want more. Uh, and we see this a lot, like very similarly, a lot of our customers actually spend time, like they have the weekly session where they sit and they look at heat maps or they watch recordings and they gather together and then internally they're building up cases to present to their teams and what's going to be coming next, they're actually compiling full-on reports using heat map. Uh, and it gets the team excited because like you say, you can actually see what's going on and you're not just looking at a, a spreadsheet full of numbers. Have you got a story about how the components of Hotjar were used to solve a specific problem because that's really what this tool is powerful for. It, you learn something just by going and reviewing all of the reports. But when you have a specific question, that's when we find it most helpful. So can you tell us a specific story about how this was used for some of the audience here that maybe hasn't used tools like this? We have some, some really good stories, I think. One that comes to mind actually is quite recently. I was chatting to Matalan, so they're one of the UK's they're one of the UK's largest leading family value retailers of fashion and homeware. And what they started once they started using Hotjar, they actually saw over four hundred percent ROI uh, within nine months, uh, and partly due to a couple of things that they noticed. Like first of all, they were using session recordings, and they were able to improve their checkout conversions by one point two three percent. They highlighted some issues by watching some session recordings where their users were being getting stuck, and they were able to make implement changes to that checkout process that increased uh, conversions. And so, for uh, a company like Matalan and the size and scale, a one point two three percent increase in conversions is big business for them. And I think most marketers have um, had an experience with a focus group where you bring five or ten people through and watch them use your website or use your product. That's essentially what the session recordings are. It is and it isn't. <laughs> and why I think they're a lot more effective session recordings is with a focus group, you're bringing someone out of their natural environment and you're asking them to perform actions that they may or may not have performed on their own. Whereas session recordings, you're actually getting the visitor session and you're watching what they did and how they went through the process without you guiding them or you providing them instructions. So as a qualitative approach and uh, getting insights, it's a lot more powerful having someone in their natural environment and going through at their natural speed and no press or no stress or pressure 
that you do because it's natural. You put somebody in a room and you have people watching them. Uh, they're not going to feel comfortable. They're not going to be uh, their own person. Any tips for how to get through 100 or 200 session recordings in a timely manner where it doesn't take all week? You need to start with the question and what is it you're trying to figure out and what is it you're trying to understand? Because that's how they become a lot more powerful. I mean, you can sit through and watch uh, 100 or 200 recordings and it can just be absolutely nothing, just normal, regular user behavior. But if you go in with a specific question in mind that you want answered, that's when they start to, to help a lot more and when you become specific. So filters is definitely a very powerful way that people can really try to understand. So an example, you might want to see what the user behavior looks like of traffic coming from Facebook. Uh, so something now we're introducing is referral source. So you can watch session recordings from different referral sources and you'll be able to see, okay, what is uh, the behavior of people coming from specific campaigns looking like on our site? And then you can really dig into kind of this now. The recording playback actually is really helpful because you can go forward and backward. You can skip pauses. And there are there's a, a timeline at the bottom of that, similar to what you would see on YouTube, but it shows you those times in the videos when people move their mouse, when they click and things like that. So you can actually go into these videos and you can fast forward to a particular page or a particular interaction that you want to see over and over again, how people are dealing with the page. So for those uh, that aren't maybe familiar with uh, session recording, it really is a little video studio that you can use to get right where you want to go. And another thing as well, I think it's powerful with uh, recordings, since we're on the topic, is using tags uh, to tag your recordings. So you can uh, use JavaScript tags based on different things that uh, people have done within your app to watch that. So you could send uh, tag every recording where someone's added a product to the basket, uh, as an example. Uh, and that allows you then later to filter all recordings, and you can see the process of people adding products to their basket. Or vice versa, if someone's removed the product from their basket, you could take all those recordings and start to try and understand, okay, what are the things that are happening when people are going through this process? So there's a lot of different ways that you can get hyper-focus in what you're trying to figure out, and there's tools available for you to do it. It's really like it starts with that why, like what are you trying to understand, what do you want to achieve, and then from that recordings can become uh, very easy and very powerful. One of our favorite tags is show to customer because you can actually share these videos out and put them into a presentation and make it part of your presentation. So you say, here's an example of how people are interacting with this particular feature and why it's a problem. When you do that in a presentation, everybody gets it and it is magic. I want to make sure that we get through the, the questions we like to ask uh, all of our uh, tool uh, guests, <laughs> not our guests that are tools, but uh, our guests who are involved with these amazing marketing tools. How does Hotjar help me deal with what we call helicopter executives or with the executive team in terms of getting more data-driven decisions made in marketing? With the hippos. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd like to say Hotjar is your uh, secret tool. So Hotjar definitely helps. We talked about it earlier, like having a visual representation of data. So it allows you to sort of gain attention and uh, excite people around your ideas. It allows you to put together use cases uh, and being able to present to the team, okay, these are the changes we want to make and this is why. 
uh, and when like people can actually see user behavior and they can see the feedback and uh, then they start to understand okay like you built a case for this guard and do it and it's a very common use case for us so people they want to make a change but they know they're going to get blocked at some point so they go out and build a case they'll get together a heat map they'll get together a collection of five to ten recordings they'll have some polls and feedback responses and they build a case to present to management and say okay this is what we've uncovered. Uh, these are the problems. These are people are getting stuck in the sort of you need to fix it. Yeah, credibility is one of the things that marketers really need to do a better job. And I can absolutely see how these reports would essentially build that case for them. Uh, you're no, we're not just launching things that an executive has feels like they have to come in and, and comment on. It's like, oh, we have some data behind this. That's awesome. Talk about being more creative. I, I think we're busy, we've got a lot going on, and we tend to make safe decisions on each of our campaigns and go ahead and launch them. How can we be more creative with Hotjar? The way you can get more creative is really you get more uh, ears and you get more opinions that come in. So when you think about brainstorming, like traditionally you're doing brainstorming within the team and it's three, four, five, six people who are throwing ideas at you and ways to improve and make changes or to run campaigns. Uh, but by using Hotjar, what you get is crowdsourced uh, insights. So you're able to take a look at what where people can start, what they're doing on your site. You're able to actually ask for feedback. So uh, you want to be running a campaign and you want to get some input on what you think it's, uh, how it's going to run. You can actually put up a poll. You can send out a survey to your customers. So with Hotjar, can really help you with creativity is by crowdsourcing ideas and really getting input uh, from your customers. So you're not just winging it and thinking four or five people in a room, oh, this is a fantastic idea. I'm going to throw out a campaign and uh, we're going to do fantastically well with this. Uh, this way you can actually get direct input from the people that you're trying to reach and be able to customize and come and create that campaign around them. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when you ask somebody what they think, you're going to get great ideas. But a lot of times they will tell you things that seem like a great idea to them, but in practice, they actually won't use or won't do and this is one of the problems with qualitative feedback. But the, the Hotjar Suite has the tools that allow you to back it up with qualitative data where you can see how people are interacting with things. And if this amazing idea really was the best idea if the, the audience is using it. So that combination of qualitative and quantitative is really, really powerful. What do you think are the most important skills, you know, aside from... Uh, the skill of installing and buying your product. What's what's the most important skills that a marketer needs to advance their career in the next five years? I think the first one is definitely always be asking why. So uh, you always want to try and understand uh, what your users are doing, uh, where they're going, how you can improve uh, things for them. So always being like thirsty for knowledge and trying to understand. I think it's really important having an understanding of data, but also being able to understand how to interpret the data. So as you mentioned before, like uh, people a lot of times will tell you what they want, but it's not necessarily the best solution. Uh, in what they want, you need to be able to determine and understand, okay, uh, what's actually going to be best for them. Uh, so you don't become sort of, if you're in a software business, you don't become a feature factory where you're just producing every feature that somebody asks for. Uh, and likewise, in an e-commerce uh, environment, you're not just producing every product that you think somebody wants, but really interpreting and understanding user feedback, I think, is a pretty critical skill to succeed in marketing because it helps you become a smarter marketer. It helps you advertise and uh, reach the right customers. And then it helps you feedback and uh, drive that input to product and to sales uh, so they're able to uh, reach their customers and deliver a service and the product that everyone's happy with. 
I'm hearing curiosity and uh, experimentation. I'm curious, do you know about how, how what percentage of your customers are using Hotjar to uh, improve their online product versus those that are using it to improve their websites and marketing campaigns? Yeah, so we, we have quite a, a big portion of our users around 60% of e-commerce sites. So obviously like a big portion around that then is conversion rate optimization and making sure the funnel. And then we also do have on the flip side Another big uh, group of users who are SaaS product uh, builders, like software, um, where they're using it to optimize and improve the experience of their products. I think both sides, though, as well, we see that experience optimization uh, is central. And we also see now like a trend in e-commerce customers where they're having setting up UX uh, teams within the organization but they aren't specifically focused purely just to revenue as a starting. It really is starting to see this trend where sites are wanting to make sure that they have the best user experience for their, their sites, which they believe in the long run will win and make sure that they have more conversions and drive more uh, user value at the end of the day. I love that. Uh, so, I mean, an e-commerce site is a website, but it's it's an application. Uh, before I let you go, um, I do want to know, besides Hotjar, I assume you use Hotjar in your, your uh, marketing stack. What other tools do you have in your marketing stack? What's your uh, web front end, uh, marketing automation, customer um, relationship management, uh, and any similar tools? Yeah, so for us, uh, our website's built with HubSpot, something we're actually potentially looking at moving away from now to something that's maybe a little bit more scalable as we grow. We use Intercom and MailChimp. To for customer outreach and in-app, we uh, support is using Zendesk. It was previously all in one with Intercom. We use for metrics and analytics, like Google Analytics. Obviously, Hotjar is at the center of uh, what we do. We using Segment uh, in conjunction with Mixpanel, and we also use Mode. Uh, so we're sending data out to our data warehouse, and we can then uh, query through our BI tool, which is Mode at the moment. And we use a couple of other tools as well. Uh, but I'd say that's the majority of the stack. We try to keep things a little bit lean and we're expanding all the time, I guess, as we grow that. Well, there is a never ending stream of uh, marketing tools that I get pitched on a weekly basis. So keeping it lean is both uh, commendable and somewhat difficult these days. Well, why don't you let our audience know uh, what the best way is to get in touch with Hotjar and um, how to pick it up and start playing with it. So obviously the best way is by visiting our website, like hotjar.com. We are a free-to-use tool as well. So we have a freemium uh, model. If you want to get started, you can sign up. Uh, we have uh, our customer success and our support team is always there to help if you get stuck anywhere. Uh, just reach out and there'll be somebody there to help. Uh, obviously myself as well, I'm always happy to hear from uh, customers and those interested in using the tool and service. Like I spent at least the last few months, half my time has actually been spent speaking to customers and doing interviews. So I always love to hear from somebody uh, that wants to. So uh, I'm sure Brian, you'll provide like the details in this podcast of how they can reach out to me as well. But I'd love to hear from, from anyone and love to hear from you as well. My team is always here to help. And you're starting a customer advisory board. Exactly, yes. Uh, so this is something like we really, really believe in and we, we want to be as close to our customer at all times. So the idea with our customer advisory board is we're trying to get together 10 to 20 of uh, some of our top users who are very, very frequent users of the product, uh, have deep domain expertise and knowledge, 
Uh, and the idea there is that they're going to be joining uh, our company Slack channel. So they'll be able to, without instant messaging with the team, they'll be able to interact with our product managers and uh, designers, uh, sync with people in marketing. Uh, and what we want to do as well with them is then be able to give them early access to some of the exciting new features that we're coming uh, on board with. They'll also be able to provide input into what gets built next. And really, uh, we want to use this as a, as a little mini community where we can leverage and share knowledge between one another. And, and it's a pilot for now, and we'll see how that goes. And we'll start opening up to more and more people as we go along. But again, like if anyone's in, interested and you're an existing customer of Hotjar and you think that you would like to be involved and provide input for us to see how we can improve the product, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach out to me personally. And I'm hoping that as episodes of this podcast go out, there will be more and more people picking up tools like Hotjar and adding it to their mix. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I'm not a shill for Andrew and Hotjar. I just know that these tools are a great value and easy to learn. When you get back to the office, I recommend that you do a trial of Hotjar. Add it to your homepage or one of your money pages where you ask visitors to take action. Set up a heat map report on it. Let it run for a few days and then look at the scroll report. This report tells you how far visitors are scrolling on your page. This is one of the first things we look at when we start analyzing our client sites. Where is the report turning blue? This is the place on the page that visitors stop reading. Look in the blue area. What key content are they missing? If more than half of your page is blue, you have a scroll problem. Visitors aren't being engaged enough to get through your content. Now, reasons for this include things like false bottoms, where visitors think that the page ends, but it doesn't. It can mean that your content isn't engaging them enough high on the page, and it can mean that you're not handling a key objection with your content. So your strategies include things like moving key content up higher on the page or putting arrows and chevrons and little V's on the page to tell visitor that there's more below the fold. You can also think about restructuring the story that you tell on the page. Now, don't be discouraged if you find a bad scroll report on a page. This is progress. The first thing I would do is share this report with your design team and see what they think. They're going to have some ideas for how to get more people down the page. This is how pages get better and businesses grow. You can get all the links discussed in this week's episode in our show notes. Go to intendedpodcast.com. All right, scientists, that's it for this week. 